In today's episode, we are going to talk about drugs and alcohol and a story of drugs and alcohol and all of a sudden that becoming the story of a seven-figure online coach. Let's get into it right now. Now this is a story all about how my... Hey guys, Dino Gomez here and you are listening to the Secrets of Coaching podcast where we break down the nuances of growing a seven-figure online coaching business and we are about to get started in three, two, one. All right, guys, drugs and alcohol and seven-figure coaching, how does all of that mix together? Uh, well, uh, today, guys, I want to get a little bit personal with you. I want to sit down with you like we're having a beer or like uh, or like we're catching up, having a, a cup of coffee or something like that. But uh, basically, I want to take you guys back in time and, and tell you guys a personal story because this story is actually about me. And, uh, and so it all started when uh, I was 20 years old. I, uh, you know, coming out of coming out of college, I had, or coming out of high school, I had uh, like eight different universities that I applied to that were kind of in the where I could get accepted to, and uh, I, I, it's funny what I was looking for in a college. Uh, I'm a huge sports fan, so set the seven universities I applied to were decent universities, but otherwise had exceptional sports teams. In particular, they had incredible basketball teams. And so, uh, you know, that's how I planned to, to spend my, my college days was like, I want to be at the, all the basketball games and everything like that. And, and so that was my criteria for like university is that they're a decent university. Uh, I didn't care if they were out of state. Um, and, and otherwise they had to have great sports. Now, as the kicker, there was one more university I applied to. All right. And that was Boulder, Colorado. All right, and the reason I applied to Boulder, Colorado is because they were ranked the number one party university uh, in the nation. All right, and so uh, I went out and visited several different uh, universities with my folks, right, checking out the campus and the weather and, and the whole the whole thing. And uh, and then I also went over to Boulder and checked out what they had going on over there. And I, I learned a lot about Boulder, Colorado. Here's something you may not know is – is that Boulder, Colorado uh, gets over 300 days of sunlight, which is insane. That's more sunlight than San Diego, California gets, which which is where I live and, and I've essentially grown up. And and so I chose Boulder because the the weather was going to be uh, like I, I thought it was going to be a really cool experience in terms of like one actually having like seasonality and having snow and experience and all that. Since I I grew up uh, in SoCal, right? We don't get snow. Um, so I was like, okay, that'll be cool. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get to experience that. But on top of it, right, like I'm not going to get too depressed or not be able to handle it because even if there's snow on the ground, the, the, it's sunny out. So like I'll, I'll still like enjoy the sunlight. And and I really like the campus and stuff like that. And also, again, right, number one party school, I was like, you know, let's go, let's go for it. Let's get out there and try all the things. And so that's what I did. I went to Boulder and uh, I partied and I partied hard and uh, had had an absolute blast freshman year, um, and uh, and and it just so happened me and a couple of my buddies when we were freshmen, we were the only freshmen to secure an off-campus house um, in the summer going into our sophomore year. Okay, and so um, so basically, you know, you can imagine this: all the freshmen are in their dorms, right? All the parties happen in uh, normally like in an off-campus house. And we secured our house early 
um, basically like for the last two months of our freshman year. So all of a sudden for the last two months of our freshman year, we're the only freshmen who already have and are paying for an off-campus house, a five-bedroom house. And and so it's empty, right? It's completely empty. The The former students moved out. There's not a piece of furniture in it. And so basically for two months, right, uh, we kind of became the, the, the big big shots, so to speak, whatever, it, on, on campus uh, because – uh, right. We, we could, we could literally would truck in. Basically we would take the, the, the bus off campus to, uh, you know, to, to the, you know, the residential area. And we, we had this empty house. And so of course what we would do, is we would go pick up a bunch of kegs. We had this empty house so we could fill it with hundreds and hundreds of freshmen wall to wall. And, uh, we would throw ravers and, uh, it was uh, a ton of fun. So many great memories, so many great laughs, um, nonetheless, right. Uh, that kind of real quickly, our house became known uh, amongst everybody as like the party house. We, cause we were hosting the parties first. Everybody knew where, where our, our location was and it, it became like a weekend regular thing. And, and, and then that trickled into sometimes on the weekdays and before long guys, like I am in nonstop party mode. It's like every single night. And, and then, uh, of course, drugs got involved as well. And so we were, I was getting into all that. And, uh, and I, I'm not gonna lie, dude, I, I, I went too far. I went too far. I got way, way, went way too deep into it. Um, and developed some, some, you know, poor habits and, and stuff of, of, of taking care of myself. Uh, normally I, pre- previously to that, like in high school, I was like an athlete. That's kind of what I was known for. Um, smoked a little bit of weed in high school, but not a lot. Um, and, uh, and, and so, yeah, it was completely switch of everything I was used to, everything my body was used to. And, you know, some people can handle it and some people can't. And as it turns out, I'm somebody who can't, um, you know, uh, a good two years of experimenting with a, a lot of different things, a lot of, a lot of different substances. And the culmination of two years of that without really giving my body a chance to reset or break, uh, or take a break, um, really took a toll on me. And in particular, it took a toll on me mentally. And, and so what ended up happening on second semester of, uh, of sophomore year is, is that like, I, I literally started to hallucinate. Like when I was not on drugs, I was hallucinating to be clear. Um, I literally started to hallucinate and I started hearing things. Like I, I was literally hearing voices in my head that didn't exist. Um, and it became really scary. Like, cause, cause I thought like when that, when that's happening to you, you don't realize that it's not real. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like that movie, the perfect mind. Like you, you, you don't realize, um, that, that that's happening, but I'll never forget this day for the rest of my life. But at one point I'm sitting in the library trying to get some studying done. And the way the library is set up, and and I'm gonna tie all this back into to coaching and some other things. But the way this uh, the library is set up, right? Like it's kind of like almost like little cubicles. But you can like rent out these little like cubicle rooms where there's a door that you close, so it, like it's a completely enclosed room, um, so that you can't hear sound, you know, from inside or outside the room. So you can study in privacy. So I'm in one of those rooms. I'm studying. And all of a sudden I hear my roommate and he, he grabs the, the, like the cubicle, the room next to me. All right. And so I start chatting with him and, 
his name was uh well his name we'll just say his name was scotty and i was like chatting with scotty and i was like dude what are we doing this weekend right are we throwing a party like you know xyz we start making weekend plans and and we're and i'm talking through the wall to him and uh and, and, and i'm talking to the wall through him you know from my private room um and for which you normally wouldn't be able to really hear anybody through the wall but for whatever reason in this scenario i was able to and i had like a good 20 minute 30 minute conversation with scotty about you know weekend plans and, and different things right and it was so real to me like it i mean like that was happening i was having a conversation with scotty um you know through the cubicles through the walls of these private study rooms and and then all of a sudden i get a knock on the glass door and it's this middle-aged gentleman and um and so i just i stand up and i open the sliding glass door and i say hey how how can i help you and he goes um who are you talking to and and i i kind of you know tilted my head and i was like kind of baffled and confused and i was like um, well, I'm, I'm talking to my roommate, Scotty. He's in the, he's in the next, uh, room over we're, you know, we're, we were just talking a little bit. Are, are we too loud? And he goes, uh, he goes, um, he takes a step back and then he looks around and he goes, dude, there's nobody in any of the rooms around you. You, you know that, right? And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, no, Scotty is literally in the room like next over. We, we've been chatting. He's like, He's like, no, like he, he's like, there's nobody in any of these rooms. I've been in, I've been here for two hours sitting at the main desk and you're the only one in any of those actual rooms. And I haven't seen anybody come or go. And I was, I had this, like, it was weird. Like my heart, like, like sunk. Like I was like, what? Like my stomach dropped, right? I was like, what? Um, so I, I looked at him strangely and then I, I stepped past him to turn the corner because I wanted to see and, and confirm, right, that, like, Scotty was in the room next to me. Like, I was talking to him. And and so I, I go over there and look, and Scotty is not there. And at that moment, like, a million thoughts swirled through my head. I was like, what the heck is going on, right? Like, obviously, there's something, there, like, things aren't right. Like, I, I, I forget my exact emotions, but I just remember thinking a million things. So, I, I, you know, I said, you know, thank you and to the guy or whatever and, and grabbed my stuff and went back to our house and, and to my room and just laid on my bed. And, and I was like, what is going on? Like, I just had a, a conversation with like, uh, essentially an imaginary friend, so to speak. Um, but it was so real. And so many that conversation I have with Scotty was, was that happened was so real to me at the time. And and that's when I realized I was I was having it like I, I had problems. It, it's when I realized, like, I was starting to hallucinate without being on drugs. Like, the the combination of just, you know, Boulder's notorious for, you know, uh, being a big weed smoking um, university. And the combination of, of smoking a lot of weed and drinking a lot, probably not getting enough sleep, not getting enough exercise, mixing that in with, you know, the occasional recreational drugs that we probably did a little too often and my brain had gotten messed up like it you know it gotten rewired um and so uh you know i, I call my parents and and let them know and and they come out and uh they they go we need to get you into like a, a specialist or a doctor or a psychiatrist to, to see what's going on so i go into the psychiatrist and stuff like that and to make a long story short like yeah they diagnosed me with 
uh, a mild case of schizophrenia where like that's what schizophrenics do right they like hear voices and uh you know have different personalities and all these types of things and my roommates have been telling me dude you've been acting really weird for the last couple months and i didn't think twice of it i was like what are you talking about like you know we were all drunk last night like you were weird too like whatever um i kind of just like you know brushed it under under the rug like it didn't mean anything but um uh yeah so the psychiatrist or the doctor goes yeah you have mild cases of schizophrenia uh, schizophrenia and um, and we need to, what we need to do legally, right. Is like, we need to get you into a psych ward and you need, you have to spend two weeks there, um, where we can closely monitor and watch you to figure out like how severe of, uh, a, a case of schizophrenia, schizophrenia you have so that we understand what we need to do next. Like, you know, kind of what medicine, what medicines you need to go on and also how this is going to change your life. Um, and it was so scary. It was so weird. Like, like having the conversation then with my roommates that like, Hey, this is what's happening with me and that I'm no longer going to be living here and I have to go live in a psych ward. Like so embarrassing. Um, and, 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 you know, difficult and all the things. And, uh, and so that's what I did. I checked into a local psych ward and it was so weird. It's like right out of one of those creepy movies. Right. And, you know, I have my own room and stuff like that. And then every day they, they have you hang out in this, like, common area where the, um, I don't know what you call them, doctors, physicians, specialists, they watch you through a glass window to see how you interact with others in the room and what you do and who you talk to um, and, and things of that nature. Um, and they study your behavioral patterns and all those types of things. And after being there for three or four days, like, you know, my my mom's still in town, too, because she's coming to visit me and, and check in on me and get updates and stuff. And and the doctor's like, yeah, you have schizophrenia. Like we can tell, like you you're, you know, some of you were some of the things you said, you said some things to people that weren't there. Like sometimes I can we can tell that you're hearing voices because you'll, you know, be, you'll be have a certain face. And then all of a sudden you, you're at you. I can it your expression changes like you just heard something um so it was it was weird guys it was it was weird it was a crazy experience and 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 it got scary because um statistically once you have or are diagnosed with schizophrenia your chances of overcoming it and getting rid of it completely um it, it's like it's like one percent like people don't recover from once, once your your brain has developed the neurons that fire to create schizophrenia, schizophrenia, um, you, you basically have no comeback. Uh, you can take meds that, uh, you know, kind of minimize it, but it, it, it like is not supposed to go away. And and so from that moment on, right? So what we did is, I moved back home with I, you know, left university, didn't finish my second semester, moved back in at home with my parents. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, my parents gave me, they said, we'll give you two months to relax, you know, relax at home and, and, and kind of get yourself together and get, you know, essentially sober and clean. And, uh, and, and my parents were very adamant, right. That like, Hey, we can beat this. We can, we can beat this, but, um, you need to, you need to remain sober. And, uh, on, on top of that, um, uh, 
you need to remain sober and you, you need to relax for a couple months. And, um, they, you know, my parents were thinking, you know, what, as soon as he gets sober, like things will, his brain will start working normally again and he'll be fine. Right. And that's what we were hoping for and so forth. But, um, at that point, like I was like, no, like I, I'm going to take this into my own hands and I'm going to make myself better. And so what I did was, with the two months my parents gave me, um, I didn't just sit around and play video games or anything like that. I I started reading relentlessly. Every single book I could get my hands on that that was about how the brain functions and works. Um, and so I learned so much about neuroscience and uh, and and again the cognitive, all the cognitive stuff around how a brain um, functions and whatnot. And and. I read this book. It's called Brain Lock. It's my favorite book ever. It's a great read for anybody who wants to understand how the brain works and how habits are formed and created and then also how you break a habit. And and this really cool uh, doctor wrote this book, and he explained, and, and it's filled with case studies of how he's been able to heal and, and help people that have brain damage um, or memory loss or whatever it is get rid of, like, recover from it all naturally. And, and, and it has to come down with the way you think, because what happens, and this is how habits are formed. Really interesting. Um, habits are formed based on your thoughts. And so what happens is the very first time you have a thought, a neuron fires, you know, fires in your brain. All right. And the more and more you have a particular thought or do a particular thing, the more neurons that fire down that groove of, of in your brain. So what ends up happening is that habits are formed because we, we think repetitive thoughts over and over and over again. So then neurons are firing in this particular pattern, in this particular wave, so to speak, in this particular groove through your brain. And every time a neuron fires down that brain because you have that thought again, the groove gets deeper and deeper and deeper. So it's like it's, it's harder and harder for neurons to break out of that neuron path, that neuron pathway, because over time, the grooves get deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Now, luckily, I, you know, I had, you know, kind of mild, uh, a mild case of schizophrenia, right? Like we diagnosed it very quickly. And, and so I read this book, and I was baffled to learn all this, right? This, this doctor was literally helping people who lost movement in their arm, be able to recover our movement in their arm, um, because he was able to help them rewire their brain. And so I was like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to rewire, rewire my brain um, to be healthy again. And so every single time I would have a, a thought or a episode, as they call it, when you're schizophrenic, <laughs> um, every time I'd have an episode where I think I would hear something real quickly, right? You have to snap your fingers, snap your arm. You have to do something to break like that, that train of thought, like you cannot continue in your brain having that fake conversation because that neuron is firing down that groove and it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're getting in, you know, once you, once it's too deep, like it's really hard to break it. And the same thing happens with habits guys. Um, and it's why when you're young and you get your driver's license driving, it seems like there's a million cars on the road and you can't figure it out. And then, you know, 10 years later, you can drive with your eyes closed, like on the street, you can like be on your cell phone or whatever, not that you should, but you can be multitasking and driving is so easy is because your brain's done. You've done that so many times, like your, you know, your muscles know how to fire and your brain knows how to work and it knows how to, you know, observe and, and, uh, take in all the, all the different things. Um, and so, 
yeah, that's that's what I started doing. Was anytime I started having like I start thinking I was hearing a voice, right? I'd have to like snap my fingers or move my arm or do push ups or do something to so to stop the neuron from firing down the groove that was creating that those uh, imaginary voices in my head. And uh, again, again, super super wild personal story, right? But this is all true. And 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 what happened is over the course, it took me about six months, but six months of every single day, like putting conscious time and effort into meditation, visualization, um, giving myself self-affirmations that I was healthy, and then also making sure that I was breaking the pattern of how my brain was firing when I was having these episodes, I was able to completely get rid of my, my case of schizophrenia, 100%. Like that doesn't doesn't exist, and it's it's really 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 interesting. Um, uh, it's a really really interesting thing because again, ninety nine percent of people don't beat it. Um, but also, I don't think ninety nine percent of people go do the research on how to beat it. They just a lot of people just accept what is said to them uh, by a doctor, or it doesn't even have to be a doctor. It can be somebody else. Somebody else can tell you, hey, you know, you can't start a coaching business. You're not good enough. You don't have enough expertise, or whatever it is, right? And you can either decide to believe it, or you can decide, nope. Uh, I'm not going to believe it. I'm going to rewire my brain to to feel confident and to know that I can do this and it's going to happen, right? And so the reason I'm telling you this story, guys, is is for a lot of different reasons, is is that all happened to me. It's now been, let me guess my age, yeah. Yep, it's been 13 years now since that happened. Um, and six months for me to, to recover from it. And then, uh, you know, I, I transferred universities. I finished up in, uh, in at Cal, uh, I finished up at, um, uh, Sonoma, um, university in Northern California, my last two years. Um, and, uh, made, I bunked with a couple buddies from high school that I knew well, and we kept, we kept sober and, uh, and, and, um, it was, it was in the right environment and, um, yeah, recovered. Right. And from there, um, right out of right out of that university, get, got hired at a marketing agency, and then boom, started my entrepreneurial career. But again, the reason I bring this up, guys, is because don't accept a couple things. One, don't accept everything that people tell you to be a, like to be the absolute end all, be all truth. All right, you decide, especially when it's about when it comes down to what you are capable of as an individual, as an entrepreneur, as an online coach. All right, like you are, you get to decide your success, you get, and anything is absolutely possible. And, and the other message I want to give here, right, is that things can change fast, freaking fast, right? Like I was in a psych ward and then six months later I was completely normal. All right. And, 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 but it it comes down to choice. Like I had to do a lot of, a lot of work. It was super mentally challenging to break the habit that my brain had created for, for, hearing voices and hallucinating a lot, a lot of work, a lot of focus. Um, again, I had to do meditation and visualization every single day as well as, and as well as affirmations. And, but I, I put in, I put in the work, I did the research. Like I, I looked online and I was like, okay, how do I, like, who do I need to study? Who are the experts in brain chemistry and, and understanding how neurons work and all this stuff. And I went and I sought them out and then I studied them and then I implemented everything that they taught. And so whether it's somebody that you have been diagnosed with a health disease or whatever it is, you ultimately decide whether that's a real disease or not. Um, I just saw something cool on, online today, not going to mention his name, but um, a very young entrepreneur recently was diagnosed with cancer um, at age, I think he's like 27 years old. 
and uh, and he decided, nope, I'm not going to have cancer, and I'm not doing chemo. He did alternative medicine the last uh, four months, and now the cancer is getting smaller and smaller. It's it's almost non-existent. And he did the exact same thing. It seems like that I did in, in, in my my uh, when I was 20 years old, right? He did all of his research. He fit. He he lowered his stress levels, and then he he studied and he studied what he needed to do to heal himself, and he did. And and so I bring all this up because again. Not whether it's health related, whether it's business related, whatever it is, just don't let anybody tell you that things are a certain way. Like you decide what is going to happen. The brain is so, I mean, that experience, I wouldn't change. I would not change that, that experience ever since I have been so, so, so grateful for absolutely the smallest things in life because I almost lost my life, so to speak there, um, in terms of the quality of life that I was about to have um, and you can lose it fast, right? You can, uh, overindulge and, uh, but you can also make a comeback and, and so you can make a comeback. doesn't matter if, if you're struggling right now in business or, or if you, if you tried and failed before or whatever it is, things can change at the, uh, the, you know, drop of a hat. They can, they can, you can lose everything that you have. You can be crushing it and, and business and life and relationships and everything are good and you can lose it all real fast. Vice versa, you can have you can have everything going wrong for you, and real fast everything can turn around. All right, and, and another example I'll drop of this is that one of our clients in our mastermind, seven figure visionary, uh, she started with us five months ago. When she started with us, she was at seven thousand dollars a month as an online coach. Just today, she reached eighty three thousand uh, dollars a month. She's made eighty three thousand dollars this month, and we still have a third of the month left. So she's going to break a hunt over a hundred thousand dollars this month, five months just after working together inside of our mastermind, going growing from seven thousand to eighty three thousand dollars a month in five months. All right. So again, things can happen really, 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 really fast um, for the good or for the bad. And so that was really what I wanted to share with you guys is is to tell you guys a little bit more of my story and 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 again that experience is really what propelled me i think ultimately into entrepreneurship because um i i learned so much about the brain about how much potential we all have as humans to decide what happens in life what we can do with our life um and uh and and that really inspired me to just be like well yeah if i can beat you know schizophrenia and 99% of people can't beat it like what else can I do right uh, on the positive side right and and so I'm grateful for that experience um and so there's a couple things to take away from this guys like if you look back in your life if you've ever had a, a tough time just remember like you you make it through right you you it, tough times pass so if that's you right now in this difficult you know year for many 2020 COVID just know you can make it through um if you if you want it you got to put in the work though you got to put in the reps um, and, and then otherwise just know things can, things can change really fast. All right. And so keep your eye on the prize, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is you want to make happen, because you can absolutely make it happen. The brain is infinitely powerful it is the most powerful computing system machine in the world. Humans on average only use two to 3% of your entire brain capacity. All right. And, and that's why there's a lot of people that are into meditating as soon as they wake up, because technically your brain is still in that dream state and if you meditate right away when you wake up um your brain can is is kind of like accessing uh different levels that it normally doesn't when you are 100 percent conscious and awake there's just so many cool things hacks out there around the brain that i've learned that will 
we'll get into in other episodes because this one's already pretty long. But uh, again, I just want to share that message with you guys so you got to know me a little bit more, got to know my story. Um, again, like you know, I, some people look at me and 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 may think I have a perfect life or whatever. Everything's always been easy for me or whatever it is. Like we all have our stories. We all have had our ups and downs. The main takeaways, guys, are just that know that your brain is infinitely powerful. You can achieve and do anything you absolutely want to do, you know, and it's it's up to, it's up to you. All right, and so the, it's the ball is in your court, um, and uh, and just know that real quickly, no matter where you're at, uh, you can make amazing things happen, and things can happen very very fast, and life can change for the better really 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 fast. And uh, and so that's my example for you there, as well as with our client right who, you know, her her life and her business just changed so fast over the course of five months. Um, because she decided to that she wanted it to she hired a mentor which was us and she put in the work and boom like her you know she's she's doing all types of amazing things now and uh and so things can happen really quickly guys so um that is it for this episode i wanted to share that amazing story for you hopefully that that uh you know you guys get to know me a little bit more from that a little bit more of my background i want to be uh, you know very authentic and real with you guys as well as giving you guys tangible tips and strategies around growing an online business uh, and, and in particular, a coaching business, I also want to talk about and share with you guys personal stories and stuff like that, where I think it will relate to and I can relate it back to, you know, helping you in other aspects of life and, and otherwise give you inspiration to go after and, and do all the things that you want to do. Because the worst thing you can do, right, is is not do anything and live in regret, regret and wonder what if at the end of your life. That is one of the seven things that people um, regret on their deathbed um is is you know wondering what if and uh another big one is caring what other people think of you so if what's holding you back from starting an online business is that you're wondering what other people are going to think of you um right that is again just so you know that's that that's one of the top regrets of people on their deathbed is they wish they would have just done what they wanted to do and were who they wanted to be without worrying what other people thought and so uh those are the takeaways guys i i hope this is, is inspirational or helps some of you no matter where you're at right now in life and in business in this crazy 2020 year. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's it for this episode, guys. Uh, as always, keep doing you. Keep having an absolute blast with your online business. And we got a bunch of cool episodes and cool stuff coming up, a lot more tangible and technical and tactical strategies that you guys can use to grow your online business, online coaching business. So make sure that you hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. All right, so that you get, uh, so you download all the episodes to your phone, and so you get notified when new episodes come out because they come out every single week. Uh, normally, times multiple times a week, and uh, we're going to have some amazing guests on our show um, coming up here in the new future. So you don't want to miss that. Uh, but a lot of cool stuff in the works, and excited to share all this stuff with you guys. So um, that is it for this episode, guys. We will see you in the next one. Hey, Dino Gomez here, and if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to head on over to thesecretsofcoaching.com for more resources, downloads, videos, and cheat sheets to help you grow your online coaching business. All right, and if you picked up a cool tip or strategy from this particular episode, we would love a five-star review where every single month we choose one lucky winner to win access to one of our coaching programs. All right, so that is it for this episode, guys. We will see you in the next one. Bye-bye. 